Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's words of wisdom. When we hear the word abundance, what do you think of? What's the first thing you think of? Abundance. Money. Money. Food. Food. Comfortable shoes. Comfortable shoes. (laughs) Abundant life. Abundant life. Yeah, whatever that means. Peace. Peace. Ease. Okay, ease. All right, cool. We all usually turn to material type things like money, food, new car, new house, travel, get and own lots of things, right? It's, that's, isn't that the rule, you know, whoever dies with the most things, right? There are even folks out there that teach this law of abundance and that it's simply just a way for us to manifest more stuff to make all of our wildest bodily and material dreams come true. But none of that is really about abundance. It's just the ego's way to keep us living into what A Course in Miracles says is its motto, seek but do not find. Sure, we can get the car, we can get the house, we can get the vacation or anything else we desire in this physical form, but even after we do, we find we need more and more and more just to keep up with this feeling called happiness, right? You get the new car and then there's a scratch. Oh my God. That car just, right, see? She got a new car, now she's got a scratch. Eh, there you go. And a dent. Oh my, see? It's not a new car anymore. You take that thing back in. <laughs> abundance. That's not actual abundance. Abundance is when we invite the flow of wholeness into our lives by surrendering to each moment, being curious about what it is that this moment is bringing to us. And when we accept the world as it is and seek to see the abundance that really is offered to us in every moment, then we can be led to the right actions that create a world of wholeness where everyone, not just a few of us, everyone lives that abundant life in that abundant world where all of our needs, if not all of our desires, are met. Abundance, jubilance, it's just another word for wholeness. It is the state of living where we understand that this limitless realm of God that we swim in all the time is always meeting our needs if we will just live into the love that is and we're willing to receive whatever comes, whether our ego wants it or not. So when we can spend our days in a state of open-hearted living jubilance, Resources will just flow in. They'll flow in through and around us in such miraculous ways that all we will know to say is, oh, yeah. Hear these wise and holy words from the Jesus story. Matthew six nineteen through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, 
How great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. From the discourses of Mir Baba, the way to restore the dignity of the spirit is not to reject matter, but to use it for the claims of the spirit. This is possible only when the spirit is free from all cravings and is fully conscious of its own true status. When this is achieved, man may have material goods, but is not caught up in them. When necessary, he may use them as means for the life of the spirit, but he is not allured by them, nor does he become restless for them. He realizes that in themselves they do not constitute the real significance of life. He dwells in the material and social environment without hankering for any of them, and being unattached is able to convert them into the field for spiritual life. When once true adjustment between spirit and matter is secured, there is no phase of life which cannot be utilized for the expression of divinity. No longer is there any need to run away from everyday life and its tangles. I don't know about you, but that passage just, whoo, that just lands, doesn't it? (laughs) All the stuff you have, utilize it for the expression of divinity. From A Course in Miracles, Lesson 344. Today I learned the law of love, that what I give my holy siblings is my gift to me. This is your law, my father, not my own. I have no understand, I have not understood what giving means and thought to save what I desired for myself alone. And as I looked upon the treasure that I thought I had, I found an empty place where nothing ever was or is or will be. Who can share a dream? And what can an illusion offer me? Yet he whom I forgive will give me gifts beyond the worth of anything on earth. Let my forgiven holy siblings fill my store with heaven's treasures, which alone are real. Thus is the law of love fulfilled. And from the Sufi mystic poet Hafez, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Back in the year 2000, anybody remember the year 2000? (laughs) What was that, 23 years ago? Oh my God. I always think, yeah, the year 2000, that was just a couple of years ago, right? It's what happens when you get old. Back in 2000, Daniel Suello left his life savings of $30 in a phone booth in Utah and walked away. He was determined to live life without money. And he lived for many years in the desert caves outside of Moab, Utah. He took no public assistance. He lived off of gifts of food and supplies from friends and strangers. And when he ran low, he'd go dumpster diving behind the Trader Joe's and find more than he could eat for a whole month. Keith has done that. (laughs) Honestly, he brought like frozen fish and all sorts of things. He just got out of the Trader Joe's. We throw away so much in our society. But Suello says... He chose his cashless lifestyle because of the inherent brokenness of the cash-reliant society that we all live in. And he wants to show that people can experience abundance even more keenly when cash isn't in the picture. The fewer possessions people have, Suello says, the more generous they are, the more they realize that they have to share. This idea of sharing, he says, is more common in a poor culture than in a wealthier one. 
On the other hand, he says our capitalist society considers it a virtue, quote, to make more than we need, to take more than we need, to take more resources than the earth can sustain. That kind of system, he says, must fail. What Suello says he's learned in these years of living without money is this. Everything is a gift. Nature works together to make sure every creature, from the smallest bug to the largest mammal, gets their needs met. Sometimes the payment is delayed as the poop from the bear takes some time to nurture the soil for the other plants to grow, but everybody, over time, receives everything they need. Swallow has learned what A Course in Miracles has been trying to teach us this entire time. Giving and receiving are the same thing. The bear eats and gives back the nutrients to the soil that grows more nutrients for him and the rest of the animals to eat. Nobody gets more than they need. Everybody gets fed. Everybody gets cared for. It's a world of abundance. And of course, as we've said, Every time we think about abundance, our minds go immediately to the things we can get. We think of the law of attraction and how we can use that unlimited power of our mind to create limited things, like houses and cars and money or power or fame. That seems to make us feel better, makes us feel feel more important, more special than other people who might have fewer things. Is it wrong to want things? No, of course not. Spiritual teacher Mayor Baba tells us material things can be good if we're willing to use them for the good of all, not just for ourselves. Now that may sound all warm and fuzzy, but Baba says we can only truly do that. We can only put our worldly possessions in their proper spiritual place when we no longer desire them for what they are or what they can give us personally. Instead, we must desire things in this world for the sole purpose of how we can use them for a spiritual end. That kind of person, Baba says, realizes that in themselves, material things do not constitute the real significance of life. He dwells in the material and social environment without any hankering for them. And being unattached is able to convert them into the field for spiritual life. And this is the state that Daniel Suello has reached. He has things. He has clothing and food and shelter. He has a bicycle to get around. But he's no longer caught up in what these things can do for him, but how he can use them to bring more love, more consciousness into the world. In short, none of his possessions possess him anymore. And I dare say that maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I don't think any of us are quite spiritually prepared to leave our life savings in a phone booth, if you can find one of those these days, and wander off to live in the desert with not much more than the clothing on your back. This is the kind of dedication, though, that Baba is talking about when he says material things are okay to have. But where does that leave the rest of us? Now, I don't know about you, but I I am pretty possessed by my possessions. I cannot claim to be anywhere near the spiritual depth of Suello or Baba or anything that he might be describing. That is not something, though, that should bring me or any of you despair. Instead, it's a good check. It's a good check-in on our spiritual progress. It's good to see where we are from time to time. Now, I may not be ready to chuck it all and move to a cave, but the message of both Baba and Suello, at least in my understanding, is this. We all live in gravy land. 
And we are all still there. Even though the ego would have us believe that we have been plopped down into the middle of scare city. Get it? Scare city. <laughs> Where it's everyone for themselves and we're convinced that there's not enough to go around. Jubilance. Abundance is your natural state of being. Not a state of having, doing, or attracting. It is just what we all are. Welcome home. You are in gravy land. Oh, but the ego. It loves to convince us that our little piece of property here in Scare City is where we belong. Not only that, but that little, that little is all we deserve. And we should always be striving for more. Here in Scare City, we have to break our backs and compete with each other to climb that ladder to success in this bodily world. The more money you get, the more prestige you get, the more power, the more toys you have. Well, that's the point of being here, right? Right? Not according to that Jesus dude. In today's reading, we encounter one of his classic warnings about not storing up earthly treasures for ourselves, but instead collecting your treasure in heaven or the universe. Universal treasure. It's not something that we can keep in a bank. You can't park it in your driveway or put it under your mattress. Universal treasure, Jesus says, is where your heart is. Both Jesus and Baba agree. Though, our hearts get confused sometimes. Because they can be full of craving. Full of attachment to things. Our eyes may be clouded by greed and darkness, Jesus says, but in this case, we will only see value in the things of this material world at the expense of our spiritual well-being. But in this moment, Jesus says we have a choice, and it's one that we can't halfway make. We cannot serve both God and material things. If we do it by half measures, then we get half-blessed in return. We struggle on the border of Gravyland and scarcity, trying to keep our citizenship in both, right? Here's the border, and we're trying to stay. Got to have both. But in this moment, you got to choose. If you want to live in abundance, Jesus says, you have to renounce your citizenship in scarcity. You have to make the final migration into gravy land. And so how do we do that? How do we make that move? We need a miracle. <laughs> we need a change in perception of what this physical world is all about. We can only live into the reality of our abundance when we realize that abundance isn't about getting things. It's about claiming our wholeness. Everything we need is right here in this present moment. But we get it wrong when we base our thinking on old ideas about prosperity and abundance. We've always relied on a cash-based or bartering type of society. To think otherwise is madness. At least that's what the ego says, right? But what if, what if in this moment, just like Daniel Suello, we shift our perception away from the past that tells us that everything we need is here. Whatever we need, 
we can find it and share it with others. We can create an economy built not on money, but on sharing, on gifts, on doing for others what they can't do for themselves. It's not a crazy idea, but a gift-based economy exists. And it's possible to expand it in this world where we base an economy on our common need and not our individual greed. And so we begin by dreaming of a better world. One where everybody gets fed, where everybody gets clothed, everyone is housed, everyone is encouraged to share their talents and gifts with everyone else. Our minds are powerful because these bodies house unlimited beings who can call new, unthought of realities into being. We created the one we're in now. Why not work together to create a new one that's based not on greed, but on mutual respect and care and compassion? Ah, but our ego, the mayor of scarcity, oh, that's just a pipe dream. You're crazy. That is a liberal communist lie from the pit of hell, and it will bring personal ruin to everyone. Socialist, Socialist. right. You're going to have to give up your toys. You're going to have to give up your power, your prestige. You're going to go have to live in a cave like some prehistoric barbaric human. And we believe it when the ego tells us that. And so we just continue. We create more of the same. We yearn for abundance in all of its familiar forms. And we refuse the wholeness, the holy wholeness that the holy offers us in every moment. And you know what? I don't blame any of us. What I'm talking about is not easy. The illusion is comfortable. The idea of being outside of it is frightening. We've chosen our master already. We're living comfortably, if not happily, here in our digs in scarcity. Gravyland, that's a pipe dream. Utopia. But what if it isn't? What if, Jubilance? What if we're already in Gravyland, where abundance flows in all of its forms and it's just waiting for us? to be able to see it. A Course in Miracles teacher Ken Wapnick says, what makes us whole, what brings abundance, is when we turn our power to create over to the Holy Spirit. When we suspend our disbelief, even for a moment, we can receive a miracle of a new perspective, a new way for this world to live together. The miracle, Ken Wapnick says, does not give us material things. The miracle simply undoes the defenses that were based on our belief in lack and which reinforces this scarcity principle. This process then returns our mind to its original and ongoing state of being one with God, having everything that God gives us in creation, joy, unity, freedom, and happiness. But when we think of abundance... We think about getting or having more of some thing, whether it's tangible, like a material possession, or even intangible, like influence or, or love or power. What if, though? What if abundance is not about addition, but about subtraction? And I know we were told there would be no math. What if abundance 
is really just about removing all of the barriers that we have put in place to protect ourselves from its true nature. What if abundance is truly less than it is more? And more is just a demand of our ego to prove abundance. Yeah. I think Daniel Suello would agree. He says, if we eliminate the things we know we don't need, and then the things we think we need, we realize that we don't need those, and so they just keep dropping away. Abundance, then. It's not about figuring out how to get more of anything. It's about needing less of everything to be satisfied, to find the true joy that resides within us. I think Jesus might agree on this point because if we're, are, if we're truly to select one master over the other, the separation of the ego versus the unity of our higher divine self, then giving up the things that we think we need are part of the transition. I mean, spiritually, after all, it has been said, spirituality is a process of subtraction, not addition. But when we gain by seeking less in this material world, what we gain is immeasurable. Our reading from a course tells us that when we learn the law of love, this is a law now, this is not a suggestion, the law of love, we understand that whatever we think we've gained in this bodily world is nothing but dust. Can't take a darn thing with you. That's the Egyptians tried, but it's still there. Everything in this bodily world, it is impermanent. What happens when we subtract the impermanent is that we find the permanent. And the permanent is not in things, jubilance. It is in one another. It is in relationship. Who can share a dream, a course asks. And what can illusions offer me? Yet he whom I forgive will give me gifts beyond the worth of anything on earth. Let my forgiven holy siblings fill my store with heaven's treasures, which alone are real. Thus is the law of love fulfilled. Abundance is the law of love fulfilled. It has nothing to do with how much stuff, how much power or influence you may have in this world around you. It has everything to do with how much love you have and how much you're willing to give away to bring even more love into your experience. Jubilance giving is receiving. We say it all the time, but it's true. When you give away material stuff, it's true. You have less material stuff. But when you give away what you truly possess, and that is love, joy, peace, compassion, things that are not impermanent, by the way, all of that comes rushing back to you a millionfold and more. A course tells us that whatever is missing in our life is exactly what we are not giving, and that is because giving and receiving are the same. If you feel like your life is lacking an abundance of love, peace, and compassion, it's because you're not giving it away fast enough. Moments are passing by when you are not giving love and peace and joy and compassion. Because if you were, you'd be swimming in an ocean of love and peace and joy and compassion all the time, no matter how chaotic or crazy the outside world seems to be. So how do we achieve this state of blissfully paring down to our abundance? 
We pack up our home in scarcity and we move to Gravyland by constantly giving away the only thing we ever really possess, and that is love. Love. It's all you own. It's enough. It's all you never it's all you ever need to own. That moment that you are loveless, that's when you're poor. I don't care what you have materially. Yes, any loveless moment, you are in poverty, scarcity. But when you love, you're in gravy land. So we embark on this grand tour of forgiveness. For anyone or anything that we blame for causing us or the world unhappiness or despair. We can forgive because in the grand scheme of true reality with a capital R, offenses cannot exist. Someone may do us wrong in this physical plane, but that's just part of the cosmic lesson you're here to learn. We may not give the offender the key to our house, but we do give them full forgiveness because we understand we're all in this cosmic classroom to learn that we are in this together despite this outward appearance of separation. So forgiveness is a lot easier if we focus on the intention and not the form. In this world of form, we see limits. We live in scarcity. But when we release the form, the offense that we feel happened in this bodily world, then we can move into gravy land because we understand that forms pass away. But intention is all we have in this bodily form. And that is to learn how to choose love over fear, whether we're consciously learning that lesson or not. Now, I'm not saying all of this for you today to go, I renounce all of my possessions and money and I'm going to go live in a cave. No, I'm not telling you to do that. What it does mean, as both Baba and Jesus point out, that we have to get to the spiritual place where money and things and power, prestige, somebody's opinion of you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Our possessions do not possess us. When we can see all the worldly goods and influence that we have and see them that they're gifts to us. They're gifts to us to be used and passed on. Pass it freely. It's gravy land. Pour the gravy. Pass it. There's more gravy. It never runs out. This is how we serve the master of love. We set up our home in gravy land. So I invite you this week, jubilance. Where are you living? Think about it. Do you realize you're in gravy land? Or when you look around, you still see scarcity? I invite you to be open to the answer. Because if you truly are looking to migrate over to gravy land, I'm telling you, it's real easy to get citizenship there. It's really easy because all you have to do is give away all of your love, all of your joy, all of your peace, all of your compassion. Forgive those around you because truly we are all just drops in the same ocean of the holy. We think we're waves and we're all separate. 
we're all part of the ocean. As that Sufi mystic Hafez reminds us, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. And when you are the source of that brilliant light in the world, then everyone you meet, all they'll know to say is, oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, Oh yeah. Yeah.